0: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Tales to Admonish with your co-host Tom and with me, the original sexy beast, Arthur Romeo. What up, baby? (laughs) On this week's episode, we will be taking a look at new trailers from Shang-Chi as well as the new Black Western Harder They Fall the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles get a more than fitting tribute in Dover, New Hampshire. We take a look at the Nightmare Fuel dating show created by Netflix, otherwise <laughs> known as Sexy Beasts. Can't wait. And we covered the first two episodes of Sweet Tooth. It took us a while to get around to it, but damn, we're glad we did. And mm-hmm. the meat and potatoes of today's episode will, of course, until the end of the month, as always, be Loki. This week, we talk about season one, episode three. Some people said it might have been a side quest, but I think it gives us a lot more than we might see on the surface. And we're going to dive deep into it. hell yeah. On this week's episode of... That was... I don't know what to do with you when you do it like that. That's too subdued. I was like waiting for the big thing. I'm thinking, okay, that's the setup,
1: right? That's gotta be the setup. And then and then we're gonna do the big devils. But but no. It's gonna be different, baby. (laughs) It's gonna be different every time. Every single time. So buckle up. Buckle up. Buckle up. (laughs) I like it. I like it. Oh man, so how are you today? What's up, baby? What's up, baby?
0: Oh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm tired. I've been busy doing a lot of stuff. Uh, I got our social media presence started. So if anybody's listening, go online, take a look at Tales to Admonish on Instagram. We'll be doing a little bit of a teaser for every week's episode. So you can find out a little bit about what we're going to talk about by checking out our Instagram and, you know, just uh, get to know us a little bit.
1: Yeah. Our community is growing, man. And I've been posting it up to people. People are just really liking it. Uh, yeah, it's a fun time, man. I'm so glad we're doing this.
0: Oh, I never anticipated the amount of
1: work it is, though. Whew. Yeah, I was trying to tell you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, between editing the audio and now I'm making social media. And, yeah. and we are officially on YouTube now. Woohoo! 100% officially on YouTube. So you can go watch us there. It doesn't really help my stats on my podcast tracking apps, which is, uh, you know, fine. Wherever you find us, you find us. So enjoy it on YouTube, folks.
1: Eventually, we'll be able to get an engineer. So like we could just talk and magically we get that um, that MP3. (laughs) (laughs) So you're replacing me is what you're saying. Oh, hell no, man. I just, I don't want there to be so much work on you.
0: (laughs) Oh, man. Well, once we get to like Halloween and stuff like that, it's going to be tough to keep up with the weekly format, but we're going to do our best. So hang with us, people. Hang with us. And I think the episodes only sound better
1: every week. And we know that Tom is the king of the pumpkins. Oh, man. So I can't wait to, I always can't wait. Halloween's like, like Halloween was my favorite holiday growing up. Then I kind of got disenchanted with holidays. But now it's like way up there again, being my favorite holiday again, because of just the world you invited me into, Tom, you beautiful son of a gun.
0: (laughs) Would you call it the world's (laughs) only legitimate Craigslist job, right? Yep. (laughs) 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 Found you on Craigslist, you're like, this is a real
1: job. Oh, my God. No, I know. What a magical day. (laughs) so what's what's going on in the world of our geekery oh well we got we got a couple of trailers that i want to get
0: into i think obviously i'm glad we waited till today to talk about this because the new shang chi
1: trailer dropped and there are some Easter Mm -hmm. fucking eggs in there oh yeah man i couldn't wait for another trailer to drop because i felt like the first one as cool as it was it was still kind of generic marvel it's just like how many of these movies are going to have like action seen on a train or a bus <laughs> yeah 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 that's true each one is just like we got to get the obligatory fight on some sort of via transit danger yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah well this trailer gave us a shit ton of fighting i mean there oh, was yeah.
0: definitely a bunch of fighting in it, but we got to see the 10 rings in action yeah that was cool they look awesome
1: that was cool I'm so glad that they're uh, like actually some more of the cast. We got Michelle Yeoh going into action and then Shang-Chi's father. They're going more into like he just might actually be the Mandarin. Oh, he's definitely the Mandarin. That's confirmed. Oh, there you go. I don't feel like they nailed that in on the first trailer. They they didn't really show him to be kind of like a dark side. Mm-hmm, and they're, mm-hmm. just show, they're showing more of that now. And like it's very obvious now, oh, and yeah. then all the stuff that I originally knew about this project, which was gonna kind of de- define it from the other movies, because you know every Marvel movie has its own sub uh, section of a genre, and this one's supposed to be like the fight tournament, like Mortal Kombat style movie, where like they they were gonna bring in a bunch of different fighter type of Marvel characters to sh- show up in these things, like so. You know, like we might see Iron Fist or just other random characters that are fighters. You know.
0: Oh yeah, you know they're hiding rando characters because they gave us a few, and it does look like it's going to be a Mortal Kombat esque tournament style. Mm-hmm. You know, win the ten rings kind of situation.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, with a character like Shang Chi, the movie's going to be a bunch of fighting. So he is he can't just fight like regular dudes. <laughs> you know? True, true, but I mean, you know, even Mortal Kombat didn't give us the tournament
0: in the tournament fighting movie. So I didn't. We're, expect, we're not going to bring like, up Mortal tournament Kombat Fighter
1: movie. We're not going to bring up Mortal Kombat. I now.
0: know. I'm not going. <laughs> I'm not going to let you beat that movie up again. All right, we've moved on. We're past it. That's over. I know how you feel. I enjoyed it. Moving on. We're actually going to get a tournament here, and yeah. I think the biggest reveal, obviously, is that who is fighting
1: in this tournament? But the fucking abomination. Abomination. And you know uh Tim Roth is gonna be showing up in She-Hulk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well that's I figured we knew we were getting him back. Yeah.
0: Because, you know, they had listed Emile Blonsky's abomination as a character mm-hmm. in She-Hulk. That was
1: a done deal, but mm-hmm. we had no idea he was coming for Shang-Chi. That was the speculation when I when I kind of read about on the plot like a year ago. Uh, that you know they, you're just going to be seeing random Marvel characters that you've seen within the last 15 years showing up in this thing to like have a rumble. So oh, that's awesome, amazing. I, I really, I really, just like you brought up the rings. I really love how the rings look. Oh,
0: they look so good.
1: Yeah, I just, I'm, I'm so excited. Mar- Marvel's dope, man. <laughs> I'm so, I'm just, I'm just jumping up and down right now. Yeah, and I'm <laughs> confused
0: because. They give us a shot, an underwater shot of oh, yeah. a dragon oh, yeah. that really looks like Fing Fang Foom, but uh-uh. they have sworn up and down it's not
1: Fing Fang Foom. They're yeah. Like, nope, he's not, he's not in this movie. But then who is this dragon? Um, we'll see. They they're being very vague on that dragon. Cause like I, I saw on on YouTube, I saw somebody talk about the actual toy. And official name for the dragon is like the protector or something like that. Mm. So they're being, I mean, we'll, we'll find out who that actually is. You know, maybe, um, maybe it's like uh, going to be tied to Kung Lun, Cause there's, there's dragons there as well.
0: Well, and then of course, a giant underwater dragon makes me think of the Midgard serpent, Jomungadur, mm. which is Loki's firstborn child. And in the comic books is, other than Surtur, the creature that is determined to bring about Ragnarok.
1: Tom, we should we should have a, we should have an alarm when you bury the lead, bro. Woof, woof, am just for saying. Later. Look, save that for later. I would be.
0: Well, no, no, no. But I, we're talking about the trailer. I'm just saying, I would be surprised <laughs> if it was Jomgadur. You know, if it was, I I know Mm. I'm not pronouncing that right. And to all of our Danish, Swedish, Norse listeners, wherever you are, (laughs) my apologies. But we'll call him the Midgard Serpent, which is the the serpent that is destined to grow as large as the world, nearly kills Thor in the comics on a number of different occasions. I'm just saying that's Mm. a big ass dragon looking thing that lives under the water. So I hope it's him, Mm. but I don't dare dream that dream.
1: Oh, we'll see. But all of it looks great. Uh, so what else have we got? Because uh, that's, that's, that's a done deal. That's going to be great. I mean, we're about to get Black Widow. We're in the middle of Loki. They dropped that trailer. It's just a Marvel overload, and it's amazing. Well, if we
0: step outside the Marvel universe, you brought my attention to something called The Harder They Fall. You want to tell me how you came to know about this?
1: Yeah, uh I just I just uh, actually saw it. Uh, I watch um Beyond the Trailer on YouTube, which everyone should check out. She's like one of the best movie reviewers we got now. Like she's freaking awesome. Yeah, I've never heard of that show. That's awesome. Yeah, Beyond the Trailer. There's this uh chick in New York, she's really awesome. But uh she has, she she does uh r- reviews and, and live watches of trailers and stuff and um basically that came out and it's it's a new western. That features uh, a bunch of like uh, real life historic uh, black cowboys, and it has a star studded cast as Regina King, and uh, Jonathan Majors, Keith Stanfield, who looks good in this. You know, Zazie Beats, Idris Elba, and this is it seems like Idris Elba's like fourth cowboy role <laughs> in a row. <laughs> Do you include Ghost Rider 2 in that? He's he's a cowboy in that. He is. He's
0: cowboy ish. He's a monk. He's a drunk. Monk, but he's he's definitely styled in the Western aesthetic. When was that? Eleven years ago? When did that movie come out? It was a while ago. That movie is terrible, but I will watch Nicolas Cage, Nicolas Cage all over something, you know, anytime.
1: Not to go like to completely dish on this movie, but like they those directors were really cool. They were like rollerblading with these cameras to get some of the shots that they were doing in that. Like, there's some really crazy shots in that movie. There are. There really are. Yeah. And they were freaking rollerblading (laughs) alongside cars with these cameras. Yeah, yeah. I need I need to revisit it just for those visuals. But anyway, um talk about old school Marvel <laughs> Marvel movies. We'll
0: do an episode on that where we'll go through all the Marvel movies people never saw or heard of and why they're awesome. But but right now we're talking mm-hmm. about The Heart of They Fall by James Samuel. I think I'm pronouncing it James. It's spelled weird, but I prena- I assume it's pronounced James.
1: Um but yeah, but this trailer looks good. It's uh this director's first time doing a film. It definitely looks like it. It has the energy though of somebody. Who's excited. Um, the look of it, though, I, I wish it it did have like more of a, a textured, layered, artistic look to it. But it just it more than makes up for it with the cast, like the cast, like Regina King is so freaking amazing. She's like amazing in everything. I know she's, she's <laughs> so big right now. So
0: fucking big.
1: I'm so glad Lakeith is with this cast because it's just like, you know, and he's not the lead. So it gives him a chance to be great. Well, we said he rises <laughs> to
0: the level of the project and the talent around him that when you stick him on yeah. his own and you make him carry all the weight it's very difficult for him, but if you make him part of an ensemble cast that he excels.
1: I mean, I think I think eventually he's going to be be a good leading man, but it's just going to take some time. He just like, has to grow a little. He yeah, just has to grow a little. You know, it just takes some time. You can't just like you can't just put that stuff on people immediately. They, it's easy to burn out. Like, that, that's a lot of hard work being the lead person in a movie. Mm-hmm. You know? So, yeah, that looks good. Looks uh, really good. What else we got? Oh, I, I want to I talk about Ratchet & Clank right quick. You know, because I, I have that my little video game corner.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Arthur's video game corner. <laughs> video games, 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 games. Yeah. Ratchet & Clank, I mean, as an old jaded gamer, to reach this zenith, of gaming, because I've been jaded for like a while. <laughs> no, not but you. But just like. <laughs> but PS5 has been bringing me back out of it because what they're able to do now with as far as their gameplay and the look of the games. Ratchet and Clank, honest to God, looks like a Pixar movie throughout the whole game. Yeah, you've said that on a couple of occasions. It's so yeah. beautiful. Like, as I'm playing through the game, I'm just marveled. Like, And as a visualist and an artist, when I see something really done well, it's just, it just has me agog. I was using that word with my students uh, yesterday. Hopefully they listen to this podcast so they can have a chuckle. Because they're like, agog? Well, if they're not <laughs> listening, they fucking fail.
0: So I
1: hope you all know that.
0: <laughs> That's right. Next week's quiz, kids, is going to be on what I talked about on my podcast. Forget what we do in class. If you can't answer these five questions about my podcast, you fucking fail. Call your mom, tell her she's gonna be
1: disappointed. That's right, Maddie. That's right, Chella. You better be listening, Maddie and Chella.
0: <laughs> just turned into a romper room with the magic mirror. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so yeah, ratchet uh, and climb. Yeah, but yeah, that's that's yeah, that's all I gotta say about it. It's just it's just fantastic. I'm still plunking away at the game. Uh I've been off a of returnal. I've been kind of uh, uh, almost like a, a, a kind of a fiend fiend for a Returnal, but at the same time, glad that I beat it, so I don't have to be kind of like a slave to it anymore, <laughs> but that game was, like, it's been kind of calling back to me lately. <laughs> well, it's time travel, apparently, you can play it again. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, so that's that's about it for that news, I mean, there's a bunch of other assorted news happening, but like... uh um, I don't want to get carried away. Yeah, yeah,
0: no doubt. Well, you know, one of the things I wanted to mention is last week we talked about Stanley getting his own street in the Bronx. And I love it when the cities where these things are created you know, after the fact, take a step back and go, look, you know what, this is part of our identity. And this is something that's really representative of what we are as a community and what we produce as a town or a village or a city. And the most recent one to get Mm -hmm. similar recognition will be the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So, (laughs) which Mm -hmm. I love. Now, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are not Stan Lee. Eastman and Laird are fantastic, and this property will live forever in the annals of comics history. And while they may not be able to get their own street named after them, they are, in fact, going to get a ceremonial manhole cover in their hometown of Dover, New Hampshire, which I think is fucking fantastic. Hmm. So here's how this comes about, funny enough. So there's a gentleman by the name of James Lane, and he lives in the neighborhood where Eastman and Laird had their first apartment, which was subsequently their first studio. That apartment was located at 28 Union Street in the town of Dover, New Hampshire. So recently, the house that they had occupied was demolished, and Mr. Lane thought that it was a shame that future Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle fans wouldn't be able to come to the birthplace of the Ninja Turtles and see where it all began, and that it ran the risk of being forgotten as this home of where this empire began. So he's he's looking at the site where the house is now gone and it's just an empty lot and he looks on the ground and there's this giant manhole for access to the sewer right out front of 28 Union Street. So he gets the idea of petitioning the town and the local arts coalitions to replace the manhole cover with a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles ceremonial, historical manhole cover directly at the location where the Ninja Turtles were born. And I fucking love it. I think you, like, you couldn't erode that that's so good,
1: man. Uh, this it's it's funny. Um, I'm I'm wondering how many like other monuments we're gonna have to like these pop culture things. We got freaking Robocop yeah, in Detroit.
0: And yep, and Rocky, Rocky in Philly,
1: <laughs> Rocky in Philadelphia. We have we
0: have Captain America in Brooklyn. There's a Captain America statue in Brooklyn.
1: Wow, there's a there's a Batman, uh, in Glendale. <laughs> like this crazy bat Batman. Oh, it's Burbank, actually, Yeah. that makes me. Yep.
0: You know, 500 years from now, they're going to be like, they worshipped them as gods. Well, definitely, (laughs) definitely. So I love it. So I'm putting a bounty out now. If anyone can get me a rubbing of that manhole cover once it's been completed, (laughs) uh, I'll give you i I'm putting it out right now, 100 bucks for a (laughs) full-size rubbing
1: of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles
0: manhole cover in Dover, New Hampshire.
1: So... The man he giveth. (laughs) That's right. That's right. I think that's great
0: fun. So I'm all for it. So go, Uh go bring me, go bring me four turtles, uh, from a hunk of steel in the middle of the road in New Hampshire. (laughs) (laughs) You know, if we're staying true to Canon, I guess there'd have to be a daredevil, uh, monument nearby as well. (laughs)
1: Uh, Hell's kitchen.
0: That's true. That's true. I mean, the, the premise being that Eastman and Laird said, you know, after daredevil got his powers, from being hit by all the chemicals in that truck, those chemicals ran down into the sewer and oh, that's yeah, what yeah. created the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles It's the same <laughs> thing that made Daredevil. So I love it. I mean, all of this stuff is fictitious silliness, but man, it's fun to embrace
1: it sometimes. Oh, heck yeah, man. Uh, we're talking about like uh, a fun times, like what's going on with this uh sexy beast show. <laughs> oh,
0: man. I loved the show Face Off. Do you remember Face Off on uh, Fi. Yeah, it's, love, I think it's still love, going. Love, love Face Off. Is it still going? Because
1: I thought I it ended
0: going. like last year.
1: It did? Oh, man. Well, it had, I a think big, it's done. had a long run.
0: It had a real, I think they got 11, episodes, 11 mm. seasons out of mm-hmm. that thing.
1: It was oh, amazing. Yeah.
0: Love so somebody has decided that they are going to combine the show Blind Date with Face Off with the mass singer, and that that unholy <laughs> abomination would burst into the world, sexy beast,
1: <laughs> <laughs> Oh
0: my God. And it looks so inventive and at the same time
1: simultaneously
0: disturbing
1: <laughs> this this is definitely a treat for furries, man. This is two episodes now that we're going to talk about
0: furries, and I don't want people to get the wrong idea about us. Because while I will support anybody's right to embrace their truth and be whatever kind of freak you want to be, that shit just wigs me out, man. I can't. It's. You know, it's the uncanny valley of like almost real, almost human, but not. It's just, I don't know. It's weird for me. I'm trying not to be judgmental. I really am. But if I'm going to draw the line, maybe I'm judging furries a little bit.
1: So I'm not going to judge him. I'm not going to judge him. My favorite director, Stanley Kubrick, he introduced me to the world of furries in my Uh, my favorite horror film, Shining. (laughs) That was not intentional. That was not his intent.
0: That he was, was meant to be disturbing, to not cell- titillating. He
1: was speaking to me through the celluloid, man. Oh, <laughs> Arthur, is
0: there something you want to confess to me and to our group? Is it that you can't get off if you don't have fox ears on?
1: <laughs> Just call me Mr. Foxy. <laughs> oh God!
0: I don't want to, and I will never call you that. Never, never. So yeah. So the premise of this show is that these people get done up in this anthropomorphic human animal makeup, and they go on dates with each other without knowing what the other one actually looks like. And before so cool. we get, it, it is cool. It is cool. But the I'm just right off the bat. Can I just call bullshit? What? All right. So Netflix has a very popular show called love is blind. Right. Yeah. And these people date without ever seeing each other and then presumably get engaged without ever seeing each other. Mm -hmm. And while I've never seen the show, I have seen roundups and trailers and things. And I'm familiar with the format. I'm glad mm. that that this show, Sexy Beast, isn't going to pretend that anyone's getting married because that's fucking insane. You're not getting married mm. to a person you've never met. I don't care. But the other thing I call bullshit on is fuck you if you think anyone in any of these shows is going to be anything short of stunningly attractive. Like, yeah. you might not get to know <laughs> in what way you're your partner is attractive. So yeah, you got somebody dressed up like some kind of horrible scarecrow monster looking thing, but you know, you know (laughs) that once you peel that shit off, you're like, Oh my God, I fell in love with a sexy ass black man. Oh, I fell in love with a sexy ass Asian woman. Oh, I fell in love with a Um, sexy ass white dude. I promise you every one of these beasts, is sexy as fuck when you take. That I gotta push back.
1: Off. I gotta push back. I gotta push back because, like, I I definitely isn't a beauty of the beholder. And like, there's there's this great YouTube uh channel called Jubilee where they do a lot of these kind of like sampling dating things, like like a bisexual person with basically twenty uh, people that he could date, and they make them do a live swipe, like left and right, like like they have to look them in the face and swipe them and there's definitely sexy sexy people that they swipe to the left you know what i mean so, no, you know. I totally agree
0: that beauty is in the eye of the beholder, but ugly is plain as the nose on your face.
1: <laughs> oh, bro. Yo, I'm sorry. Look, look. I'm
0: a, I'm a musician. I was a professional musician for years and years and years. And mm-hmm. I would say that I am a reasonably attractive individual. I would not You're consider myself to be some kind of, thank you, sir, some kind of troll. <laughs> But you know what? I'm not going to be on Baywatch anytime soon. God, that's probably a dated reference. In any event, in any event, my girlfriend is a solid fucking 10. (laughs) My girlfriend is a solid 10, and I'm going to give myself like a six and a half. But, and I'm not fishing for compliments. My point is this I play the guitar. I can cook just about any damn thing you ever wanted in your life. I'm a professional artist. Those of us who are not tens, like my girlfriend, have to develop skills. We find other ways to make ourselves sexy. That's how we charisma, become Charisma, baby,
1: charisma.
0: Charisma, that's right, that's right. But to pretend that there aren't rules for conventional attractiveness and that conventionally attractive people aren't treated better than regular-looking people or below-average-looking people is naive. I love you to death, Arthur, and you're a good-looking man, too. You're a sexy (laughs) motherfucker, all right? (laughs) So what I'm saying is what I promise you is that more than being conventionally attractive— Every single person on these shows is TV attractive, which is like conventionally attractive plus one. So Mm -hmm. you're not really risking anything. And I don't want to be mean spirited. Look, there are rules for aesthetics. You and I are artists, correct? And if we wanted to draw a beautiful man or we wanted to draw a monster there's a million faces between those two faces and Mm -hmm. they move from what we would consider conventionally attractive to non-conventionally attractive or conventionally unattractive. And yes, you can make up for that that personality.
1: It's very subjective. I'll just move. I think we should move on.
0: (laughs) No, no, I'm going to hang on this for just one more second. I agree that it's subjective. And I think that, you can find character in what we define a conventionally less attractive person, and you can yeah. find that person attractive. Some some girls want, you know, a 300-pound biker with scars on his face and a Grizzly Adam beard, because that's yeah. what does it for them. But that is in defiance of what we understand to be the conventional I, I rules eat, of attraction. Symmetry... And yeah, things yeah, yeah. of that nature. So, so my argument is: is nobody on any of these fucking shows risks fucking anything? Risks nothing. They risk nothing. So while I, I am, I am, I'm watching just to see the awesome special effects, makeup they're gonna, mm-hmm. you know, put together. I don't see any stakes in it for the people who are on the show. But I'm in it for
1: the art. I love that girl with the dolphin face. They do oh, some of funny Oh, Jesus! That's so unsettling. I know, they do so many great reaction shots with her face.
0: (laughs) Oh, and the panda head and the fox head. I find the weird furry ones even more unsettling than like the scarecrow or any of the other sort of monstery. I don't mind the monstery ones, but something Mm -hmm. about like a giant talking fox head is fucking weird for me. (laughs) It's the
1: fox head.
0: Well, shit, I mean, I couldn't find a better lead to our next topic. Um, let's talk, now that we're talking about sexy animals, let's talk about Sweet Tooth. Oh, what sexy animals in there? All right, maybe I'm the closet furry. Um, I just outed myself, Jesus Christ. No, what I mean to say is animals that are done in a conventionally attractive way. Actually, I, get I it, fucking- Tommy. I know, I know, I know, I know, but I love this segue because this is one of the things we talked about as far as the difference between the comic book and the movie. We watched the first episode of Sweet Tooth and mm-hmm. they changed Gus. Gus is fucking adorable now. That kid yeah. looks like something out of a, a Pixar film, you know? Yeah,
1: he's, he's a bit of a freak in the comic book.
0: In the comic, he's all of the animal hybrid children are unsettling looking. Yeah, they're creepy. They they are meant to be uneasy, but in this, they're like they're like little
1: cherubs, rollicking, you know, romping through the forest. They're adorable. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I do have some issue with that because it's like when you yeah see, I know you do when you see this cute because he's he's just super cute like. When, and then you see these people that want to hurt this character. It's just like, can't you see how cute this kid is? Like, I mean, I, I, I just feel like that's, that's what stops people from wanting to hurt a lot of babies. That's, it's kind of the design, <laughs> that's kind of, the design of, of babies. <laughs> Why did I have
0: in my head somebody who was about to punch a baby and like, I just can't. You're too cute. It, oh, well, I wanna you, <laughs> oh, I want to punch you, baby.
1: Oh, I want to punch this point. baby, but he's so cute. <laughs> That's the whole point. Like, I mean, that's a co- com- completely a part of the design of babies. They look so cute and helpless that you most likely wouldn't want to hurt them. It happens
0: <laughs> happens in nature a design. lot of times.
1: <laughs> I true. I think so. I mean, I mean, you're there's right, these en- right, there's right. these instances where these predators like they have a nice, delicious little baby snack, instead they decide to mother it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's fair. Uh, yeah. So I mean, like, that's the. Now, now, and now, you just brought up the whole thing about fairness. That's, that's the thing. And when something does look uglier, we're, we're more likely to try to stomp it with our foot, you know? So yeah. So that's, yeah. weir- that's the weird thing between a, a rat and a squirrel. <laughs> that fluffy tail makes all the difference. Yeah, they're the same thing, you know, basically. But all of a sudden, oh, my God, a rat. But, oh, look at that squirrel. Den- oh,
0: Dennis Leary used to do the funniest bit on this, where he did a bit on uh, cows versus otters. Where it's like, we got to save the otters. Why-, Why do we have to save the otters? Well, they float on their backs and they do funny little things with their hands. And- well, what about the cows? Oh, fuck that guy. He's a baseball mitt. Get on the truck. <laughs> but-, but I'm alive. I-, I I'm a sentient being. Fuck you, you're a steak. Get on the truck. Where was that otter? I want to play with that guy. And that's it. We love the cute ones. Oh, I do little cute things with my hands. Oh, you're adorable. We're going to build you a sanctuary. Moo. I said, get on the truck. <laughs> that's the line for us. And so, yeah, immediately you don't want anyone hurting Gus ever because, he is—he is this adorable little moppet with a slingshot and clothes that are too big for him, yeah. and you just want him to succeed and live a happy life, which you know he is not gonna get.
1: Yeah, I mean, I just—I I, do—I do feel it's a little sanitized. It's a little—it's very too sanitized. sanitized. And yeah. honest to God, I really appreciate it. I really do. Yeah.
0: I. I've had enough of misery porn. I've said this on other episodes and I'll say it till I'm blue in the face is that I am fucking done with everything being terrible at every turn for your characters. Like I want to watch the character overcome the situation, not the fact that society is shit. Mm -hmm. Give me a story where the character has an obstacle or an enemy or something and they overcome that person. But I am... So tired of television reminding me that when push comes to shove, my neighbor will eat me rather than go hungry for two days. I'm just sick Mm -hmm. of that being reinforced in media. And so I'm really happy that they have sanitized this a little bit. Cause honest to God, if they hadn't, I wouldn't fucking watch it. I just can't take it anymore.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is a, a Susan and Robert Downey production. Um, you yeah, re- you I really, want some warm and fuzzies. Yeah, you really feel it throughout the whole thing. I I really appreciate it. The production's great. The actors are great. The story's rolling out fine, especially kind of it's a multi tiered story because you're kind of jumping around to different people. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and and they're and they're great too. Uh, it just makes you want to you know continue to binge. You know, like that's I mean that's kind of Netflix's formula. Like they oh yeah. they, make, they usually make all of their stuff so bingeable. You know. But at at the same time, now that we're kind of like like we're having two different styles of rolling out things happening again, like Loki coming out a week, every week, it's just like you get to savor that one episode and talk about it all week versus just getting everything and, you know, you have to kind of decide for yourself if you're going to pace yourself. But otherwise, everyone's probably binged it, you know, because we've been trained to binge for the past seven years, you know?
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure where I fall on that yet, because I don't feel trained to binge. I still remember television, proper, old school, Friday nights at seven television. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like binging comes down to... Self-restraint. I mean, I my feeling is if you wanted to watch Sweet Tooth one episode a week for every single week, you fucking could. If that's what Mm -hmm. you enjoy and you want to talk about it for a week and find all that other stuff, that's what you can do. I can do that with Sweet Tooth. I can choose my own adventure when you give me every single episode at once. Or you can make me wait. And there is something to be said for building that anticipation and building that speculation and Mm -hmm. the excitement and keeping it in the news cycle. I think both approaches are 100% perfectly valid. And I think that part of Netflix's model is just get subscribers and subscribers want to binge. Mm -hmm. You know, HBO max is doling me out an episode of the nevers every week. And Disney plus is making me watch every single week. Netflix can really differentiate themselves by saying, fuck that shit. Boom, watch it all in one day. We don't give a shit. We just want the clicks. As long as mm-hmm. you have paid to watch this, we don't give a shit whether you take a day or a month to watch it. We'd rather you mm-hmm. take a day so you can watch our next thing that's coming out next week.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: so I think both models are perfectly valid. And you know, I, I will probably not pace myself on this story. I've watched the first two episodes and I'm gonna get mm-hmm. through it as quickly as I can because I wanna know what's gonna happen. Because even mm-hmm. though I've read the comic books, we've diverged so thoroughly from where the comic books start out that I have no idea where they're going. They've changed the locations. They've changed some of the main characters. They've changed the motivations for the characters, where they come Mm -hmm. from. It's completely, completely different. The framework is the same, but I don't know where they're going to take this story and how they're going to pace it out. And so that's
1: legitimately exciting for me as a comic reader. They got a fresh canvas. I mean, I, I feel like everyone's kind of taking the note of Marvel and just, you know, when it comes to the comic books and it being a cinematic format, you can, you know, you could be a little bit liberal uh, about how you uh, dole out the storytelling aspects, you know. Um, I do want to talk about uh, uh, some of the actors. Like, Will Forte yeah. was fan. Fantastic. No effort
0: to be funny. It's purely dramatic, and he's wonderful at it.
1: And what's, I have to say this as a, because I'm an actor too. uh, You know, comedians, especially if they spend a long time being funny, and we've seen this happen with a bunch of comedians where we can't take them seriously in drama because they they have all these idiosyncratic visual cues and ticks that keep you from, you know, uh, going with them on their dramatic, you know, uh, path. Right, right. Um, you just when it, when you see that disappear from a comedic actor, that's when you know that they've done the work. And yeah, well, this is a first time. Well, and I, I'm sure I, I think he's been in a couple of dramas, but this is the first time yeah. where this was just fantastic work. You know, loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it. <clears throat> And, uh, and then Nanzo Onozi, you know, uh, oh, you know, he he's was, so great. He was one, of, one of the, one of the great side characters in uh, 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 Game of Thrones, you know, it's so good to see him take on this, this sort of role. Um, this is fantastic. And oh, his stoicism
0: to, is so believable and his motivation yeah, so yeah, believable.
1: Just, straight up, straight up. And, um, And then, um, yeah, like his his solo fight, the way that was framed and put together, that was so great. Oh, yeah, his sheer size. And one thing I love that
0: this gets right is like 10 years after the apocalypse, fucking bullets are hard to come by. And almost everyone is fighting hand to hand. Mm Mm-hmm. Because you'd have to be able to know how to make bullets or make arrows. So those commodities mm-hmm. a decade after the apocalypse would be almost un- unaccountable. So everybody mm-hmm. fights hand to hand and it's real brutal and visceral and it's it's legit enjoyable and adds an excellent you know bit of realism to it. Because I get so tired of apocalypse movies that are like the world ended 20 years ago and they still have bullets and guns that operate without proper servicing yeah. equipment
1: because none of that would be around anymore. Oh, yeah. I've been enjoying the multi layered storytelling. Like, there's the simplistic story of a boy growing up, and uh, one of the biggest uh, challenges he has is being able to jump to another rock.
0: Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. You know? And the, throughout that first episode, they show several different times where he's trying to get better and better at it, you know? And, and they don't put too much of a spotlight on it. But they're telling that story, and I appreciate stuff like that so much. Right, the
0: visual storytelling of his growth. Yeah. Um, Oh, yeah. and we should probably warn people by this point. We we will likely slip into some spoilers. So if we've spoiled anything so far, I guarantee you it's been minor. But as we talk about it just a little bit more, be aware, if you don't want to hear any spoilers, skip ahead to Loki. And if you don't want to hear any spoilers for Loki, then please just stop the episode here. Go watch Sweet Tooth. Go watch Loki, because we're going to (laughs) spoil all kinds of shit. And that's all right.
1: God damn it. (laughs) All right. So let's keep talking. yeah, but by the by the time by the time he's like uh, of an older age, and it's crazy because like they go through a bunch of different of his age cycles, yeah, and we yeah. can see all the different actors that they use to boot for it. They, they use, look like, great, five freaking actors. Uh, they go from like three years old to uh like eight, eight or nine or whatever. He's ten. It is. He's ten by the fine ten, ten, two, ten yeah. years old. Yeah, but like when he's ready to leave after his uh, his poor father dies trying to protect him. You know he he runs past that rock like it's nothing, you know. And I mean, and that's just showing you that he's ready to take on the world, at least in, a, in a, at least in a naive sort of way. Yeah, and at least they're
0: showing it narratively. there instead of just going like he got bigger. And <laughs> can we talk about the narrator for just a moment? James Brolin. James Brolin is the narrator, but to me, his voice sounds like John Goodman. Doing an impression of Sam Elliott.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? I remember thinking, "Is this Sam Elliott too? This sounds weird." Because <laughs> Sam Elliott's like
0: the only guy who's allowed to get that job. Mm-hmm. Basically, that's it. He's America's last uh, white cowboy. If the harder they fall has taught us anything, but he's America's <laughs> last cowboy, where it's just everything is Sam Elliott telling you how it is.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think ever since The Big Lebowski, that's the only person anybody wants to hear narrate anything.
1: Uh, you forgot about Morgan Freeman.
0: Okay, Morgan Freeman can narrate.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And David Attenborough.
0: Oh, I'm not British, so I never get to hear David Attenborough. (laughs) But yes, David, Sir David Attenborough is fantastic. Actually, oh my God, you know what I never knew I wanted, but I want Sir David Attenborough narrating every episode of Sexy Beast, all right?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, that'd be great. (laughs) We have to make that YouTube channel.
0: When the show is over, we'll copy all the episodes, we'll get rid of the audio, and we'll just sit there and be like, the freaky ass peacock continues to spit game (laughs) to the panda bear, and the panda bear is not having it. (laughs) (laughs) but anyway so sweet tooth definitely leans into the narrator and i think the narrator's perfect because this story feels like a fairy tale and yes 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 and so now we get the person telling us the fairy tale and i'm 100 here for it normally narrators it's a little easy feels a little cheap here fucking fantastic
1: Mm -hmm. mm-hmm mm-hmm that's good I'm 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 glad we started watching it. I mean yep. it didn't look it didn't look bad at all. I just I just I'm being from you know, we're we're from the comic book world. Right. I was like, eh, this doesn't look like the comic. <laughs> and honestly, I mean, I would have I'm I, I like freaky stuff. Oh, I do too. I do too. You know, I, I mean I think the show could have used a little bit more of that because like they make everything so cutesy. They like make all these kids so cutesy. It's just weird that people wanna destroy these cutesy things. It'd make more sense if they look more freakish. I mean, that's the whole thing about X-Men. It's like people just trying to live their lives. And yeah, like, yeah, I have like 18 eyes on my head, but I'm, I'm, I still like to eat pizza too. I think it's going to be number one
0: that they're not going to be so cute as we start to meet them. We, we see Gus is smart and capable and adorable because he's been raised in a loving environment.
1: Yeah, but that's still not stopping them. That's but the
0: rest of these kids have not been. Most of them haven't. They've been hunted, or they've been living feral, or they've been living in labs. I mean, we
1: see the little baby with the pig nose again. Like they, they make them look cute. It's the same thing. Like, uh, like, like again, like the, the mutant, the mutant, um, like comparison is like mm-hmm. so, so apt for that. You see something freakish, you want to destroy it. When they look super cute, it's weird that you want to destroy it. It's like that's that's kind of the disconnect in the storytelling. It's like you still want to kill this thing when you see that this thing looks just like it could be look like your brother. <laughs> it be it be it be, be, be like say for instance, say for instance, the antler came out of out like close near his eye, and it made his eye a little right, m- uh, right, mis- right, misshapen. Right. That's why I, I sh- the show would it, it would serve the show for it to be a little less cute. You know, it could still be cute. I mean, you could you could find cuteness in oddities as well but it, there needs to be that ambiguity you know
0: well maybe maybe their being so cute is designed to further illustrate the depth of humanity's desperation
1: mm, i don't know Ooh.
0: that they're so desperate for a cure that if you told me that we we had to smash every kitten on earth with a rock to end aids i don't know i might be a kitten smash mother
1: but it, it's been some time and and, and that the, it's been some time already and we we've, we've already seen that they're not causing the, the causing that crap to happen, you know?
0: They don't know that. They don't know that. This is a world where there's maybe 1% of the population rela- remains. They don't know what the fuck is going yeah. on. And look now, we have the benefit of every intellectual resource that the world could possibly provide, and we still have hordes of motherfuckers that believe incredibly idiotic things. You're right, you're right. The apocalypse, please, give people, give humans no fucking credit. If we're going to give them, just give them none. Yeah, I hear that. But I'm excited to finish it up, and I can't wait to see where it goes, because I know where the comic goes, and I have no idea where this is going. Mm-hmm. So
1: I'm here for we, we it. Don't, here we for don't know where Loki's going either.
0: Oh, I know. This last one gives us even more questions.
1: Mm-hmm. On But, onto but, the so, big but conversation so many great today. answers as well uh Loki Loki and the title Lamentus like it's such great writing because they have a lot of things to lament about and why not spend time doing that on a planet that's full of laments as well as it as it scurries on to its own oblivion <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs>
0: I mean, I feel like they want the ticking clock to be there, but we know that, you know, Sylvie and Loki are going to survive. So I feel like that part of the episode doesn't exactly work. I don't feel any tension at all to their survival. And, and I don't really care about any of the other people on the planet because they're already dead anyway. Hundreds of millions of times over, they're already dead. So there aren't a lot of stakes. And so since the episode is devoid of stakes... I'm glad that it leads into emotional resonance because the setting isn't going to give me any, but damn, like when you start to really understand who these two gods among mortals are, I'm glad they gave them time to pull the Tappy. Some people on the internet were calling this a filler episode Mm -hmm. or a side adventure or any of that, but that's the beauty of having hours and hours to deal with this is that you can have some personal time watching these characters learn about one another. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, I think it's more than well-served in this portion. I mean, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna kiss Marvel's ass all over this episode <laughs> like we do every episode. So if you don't like that sort of thing, I'm sorry. But if you feel it was like a shitty side quest, you're not unjustified in your opinion. I just respectfully disagree. I, I, thought I
1: feel like there's gonna be more than six episodes. I think I think Feige is playing a meta joke on us and, and actually being a god of mischief and and, and cuz like they they're making it they've been making it seem like there's going to be 6 episodes but I think there's going to be more. Mm, I don't know, you know, because like you know like you're talking about uh Loki getting to know this other side of himself through this Loki, he, but he's going to meet other Lokis too. You know, uh President Loki. Yeah, but
0: I don't think he's going to spend as much time with them, you know. I don't know, maybe he will. I have no
1: idea. Because we're going to have to deal with M Mobius because like, there's pro- probably a lot more to him, too. Oh, yeah. Because he doesn't remember certain things. That's what we found out, that all these guys are variants. Well, you know? that big reveal. Yeah, everybody working at the TVA
0: is a variant stolen from another timeline and brainwashed.
1: And then they've been doing this for hundreds of years as well. If not millions. Who knows? I mean, them them, them existing in this quantum quantum time period. Time means nothing there, yeah.
0: So we know now, I think it's pretty clear the TVA are not on the up and up. I think that much Mm -hmm. is a given. And we were calling that in our last episode, talking about Mm -hmm. it, that the TVA is clearly not to be trusted. And now more than not being trusted, they are clearly up Mm -hmm. to no good. There's some self-serving interest because, again, everybody knows there are no heroes and there are no villains. So the TVA will justify Mm -hmm. their behavior and they'll justify their Mm -hmm. atrocities, but it's clear that they're committing Mm -hmm. them, and so now, we don't know who to root Mm -hmm. for. Because at this point, after three episodes, I'm kind of rooting for a pair of Lokis to go take all those Mm -hmm. assholes down.
1: Now, I do have to to call a little bullshit. It's just like, what, Loki, do you forget that you have powers? Like, (laughs) it's like, if you could do all this crazy telekinetic stuff, like, I feel like that could have helped you in a lot of other ways. Well,
0: so that's, that's led to a lot of speculation on the internet about the scene where the building is about to fall on them and he telekinetically stops it and reverses it. And so some people have speculated that Loki has telekinetic powers that we don't know about, but other people have speculated that perhaps he snatched a time stone. From where? From the desk of the TBA. And that, of course, it doesn't work at the TVA. But the moment that they leave the TVA, now that time stone works at least a little bit in this other reality. So people have speculated that he grabbed some Infinity Stones while he was there, knowing they don't work there. <laughs> I don't know I'm just telling you It's, some no, of the no, it's either been, A He has powers that we don't know about Or B He has an infinity stone Or C Some other thing They were showing
1: thought. him Using rocks in, <laughs> At the rocks The rocksmart place They were showing him Using his telekinetic powers There too
0: yeah, but they were also showing him having trouble in hand-to-hand combat with a basic human. So I don't really That's know what, what to I'm make saying. Of the that. inconsistency is a little weird. Why was he having trouble fighting a human being? He's he's an I Asgardian. Think if, if he
1: was slammed back and forth by the Hulk, anything that a human would do to him didn't seem like it would do anything. Right, fighting
0: a redneck is irrelevant.
1: Yeah, especially when when he does the my my brother. What 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 did Thor, him and Thor call that? The brother help technique.
0: Oh, send help! Send, nah, send help! Yes.
1: Send help technique. You just throw them on people. <laughs> yeah, because Loki,
0: canonically in the Marvel universe, weighs like six hundred pounds. Uh huh. The reason he's so indestructible is because he's incredibly dense, and because he's dense, he is heavy. So. A lot of people call bullshit on him having any kind of trouble with any hand to hand combat with a base here. Human. Mm-hmm. Normal humans should provide no difficulty
1: at all yeah. for, for Loki. That's what so that was a little, yeah, the little But he's gotta fight somebody. So I hear think? you, but it's just like it's a little inconsistent, you know. So I'm 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 glad for the ride. Uh I love that we we find out that Loki is uh bisexual. You know, it's really cool that their their Marvel is really taking um uh, like big, big chances.
0: Well, yeah, now he's the first canonically, you know, LGBT character yeah. in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Well, hero or villain, yeah. super-powered character.
1: Yeah. So that that's really great. I just, I love how it unveiled itself. It was so organic in the storytelling. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, Loki's not even
0: bisexual. He's trisexual. He'll just try anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's, I want to dive into this just a little bit because I knew we were going to talk about it. Let's look at Loki from the comics. Mm-hmm. So in Marvel comics, Loki has five children total. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Of them, only two of them are even humanoid. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like in human form. His, Like we mentioned earlier in the episode, his firstborn child is Jormungadar, which is the giant serpent destined to encircle the earth and bring around Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Uh, His second son is Fenris, the giant wolf, which we'll remember from Thor Ragnarok, Mm -hmm. the movie. That in the comic books is literally Loki's son. The reason it's a giant wolf is because Loki was in wolf form when he conceived him. Hence, it's a giant wolf. Third, we have his third born son, Sleipnir, which Loki is actually Sleipnir's mother. He mated with God help us, um, a, a, a an Asgardian magic unicorn type thing, <laughs> and then gave birth. Then he Loki gave birth to an eight legged horse, which then became Odin's proprietary steed. Yep. So literally, Odin is riding around on Loki's third born child. <laughs> okay, and then his last two kids, you have Uh, Vali which is like uh, a halfling, mischievous superpower demigod that he had with a mortal mother. And then um, Hela, which in the movie was made to be Odin's daughter, but in the Marvel Comics universe, Hela is in fact Loki's daughter, the goddess of the underworld and of death. So Loki has literally fathered four children, mothered one child, and... So why should any aspect of sexuality hold any sort of reins on him? The guy's literal, a transformative, timeless God. What is gender in the face of that? hmm. So I love that they leaned into it, man. Cause his background is so crazy.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a hell of a ride that show. Um, they even got to have kind of a snow piercer feel to it during the train oh, it was situation. Super snowpiercer. Oh, super snow Oh, like all these upper crust idiots in the, fa- in the face of apocalypse drinking their wine and dancing and singing while. Because that's
0: the- it, man. Yeah. That's, you know, one of the truest things about reality is is that when the end of the world comes, there will be luxury lifeboats. Mm-hmm. And that just makes me so fucking nauseous. Yeah.
1: Because yeah. it's so true. Yeah, but I mean, you know, good good on the reality of that arc just exploding in front of everybody's face, you know?
0: Yep, that there's there are situations that no amount of money will ever buy you out of.
1: Oh yeah, man. You hear you hear with us. You know, like as you know, <laughs> as they were casually passing all these people that are trying to get their families on this thing. Just casually well, we're meant to survive, not you. You know? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, I hope you know how to install a toilet main. <laughs> <laughs> there are no hedge funds in the apocalypse, motherfucker, but I can make electricity. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little bit of a, a you know, a, um, a Chomsky liberal Marxist kind of person. I, I think we should seize the means of production, but that's just me. That's just me. Chomsky, eat the rich.
1: Chomsky's dope. He always makes, makes sense, man. Oh, hell yeah. Did, you, did, you, rich, did you ever baby. see uh, Mr. Fan- wait, wait. Mr. Fantastic? What's that movie? The Viggo Mortensen movie? No, no, I, 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 know what you're talking about. Um, but I hadn't seen you it. You gotta watch that. The movie's great. Like that, is is really awesome. Mm-hmm. It's about it's about him raising, um, his like five kids. I think his five kids out like in the woods. Each he, he he teaches them everything. Like how yeah, to yeah, survive yeah. everything and. And like they, the, he lives and dies by Noam Chomsky. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's you got to watch that. I think it's called Mr. Fantastic. Um, and uh, Viggo Mortensen It's, like one of his best roles. It's a, it's a really good movie, man.
0: Well, it's funny when people ask me about my political affiliation and I tell them I'm a libertarian, but I'm a Chomsky libertarian, so I'm not a fucking asshole. So there's just that. <laughs> I was like, I'm a libertarian, but I'm not that kind of libertarian. I'm a Chomsky libertarian. I'm I'm not a fucking asshole. It's okay.
1: <laughs> but anyway, Loki. I, I guess that's going to be my recommendation. Um, I, I want to finish talking about Lo- Loki, but Mister Fantastic will be my recommendation for the end of the show. Closing out on Loki, it did just keep leaving us in a place where we we want more. You know. Yep,
0: yep. Um,
1: and we we learned so much about the characters, about like the magic that they both possess. Hiddleston is just so charismatic. What he was doing when he was being dressed dressed up as one of those uh, guards, you know? <laughs> uh, uh, uh. So good. And then the scene where he gets drunk, which I don't know how his guardians
0: get drunk either, but that's okay. Let's not get too, you know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, microcosm on it. But he's so great singing the song in his Asgardian language. Um, which I guess they wrote for the episode, which is pretty darn awesome,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and making a spectacle of himself because he doesn't see any point to anything. It's the end of the world; nobody cares about anything. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, trouble is afoot. But one of the things I thought was interesting was that this really establishes the depths of Wanda Maximoff's powers because mm-hmm. if you have a Loki from another universe who needs to touch someone, and then really freaking work on it to get to control them or to get information out of them, it puts what Wanda was able to do with an entire town and potentially the entire planet into scale. Mm -hmm. That if this is a literal god- Her powers are several orders of magnitude beyond even Asgardian gods. Oh, yeah. So she's got to be, at this point, established as one of the most powerful beings in the entire universe. Oh, definitely. If that's the power difference between her and a literal god. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was cool. Oh, yeah. To show how much effort it is for Sylvie to actually accomplish this feat, it puts into perspective what Wanda actually did.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean I mean you you see why why Agatha was so pissed. <laughs> yeah. Like all, all the work that she put in, years and years of work. Poor Sylvie, like, you know, she didn't have a Frigga to help her with stuff, you know?
0: I think we could still find out that Loki is Sylvie's dad. I think that could still be the case. I don't know. I mean, I think they're gonna play with it a little bit, because obviously she wasn't raised by Odin and Frigga, and she wasn't part of that whole scene, so like who was she adopted by? That's a question I think they have to answer
1: before the series is over. Okay, I I mean I wonder if they're going to go that deep into it. it. It just it does seem like she's just kind of another Loki, but you know she may not. You know they might be playing around. I mean this 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 whole thing is about mischief, so yeah, you know everything is tricky. So it's mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. this is a great show, man. Man, what can I say? can can't wait for nice. the next episode. Love Marvel. Marvel, Marvel no, I Marvel, totally Marvel. agree. Marvel, 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 Marvel. <laughs> I know
0: people must think that if we kiss their ass enough, they'll start sending checks,
1: which we are not above. <laughs> I will let you know. I don't need any checks, man. Like like I said, I'll I'll, I'll uh-huh. call Marvel out when when I need to. But they do. They they're firing on all pistons, doing like the most creative stuff. They're being so thoughtful about their characters. Uh, giving us so much content so much varied content it's like how can you really hate on what they're doing other, other than like you know it might be like a oversaturation but they they honest, honestly very carefully watch like their over their uh their saturation gauge by making sure things are different yeah yeah you know and and being inclusive and like and oh my god my god you know, that's why I can't even stomach stomach something like that uh, uh the Ju- I know, planet Jupiter, know.
0: whatever that was. Jupiter's legacy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it was trash. She you know, was trash. That's what I'm saying. I can't stomach something like that when we're we're being greeted with this plus ultra quality. That's a that's a uh hero academia reference. Mm-hmm. <laughs> plus ultra.
0: <laughs> I still have not seen my hero academia. But uh, I just assume somebody's doing a special move and just <laughs> yelling it out. Before they do it. <laughs> Plus, <ultimate. laughs> I don't know why enemy characters always have to warn people when they're going all out. I mean, just do it, damn it! Don't yell out. Yeah, that they, they you're announce about to do their your attack move? Super,
1: Super Demon, Demon. Titties! <laughs> <laughs> what?
0: <laughs> I don't want to be on the receiving end of whatever the hell that might be make sure you
1: put an echo on that bro oh, man. <laughs> Ec- echo echo Let's echo. us see if I can find reverb. some whooshing sound effects or something
0: some kind of fun
1: awesome awesome what what recommendation do you have
0: oh man I I you know what as far as stuff that's really current right now I, I'm not really sure why don't you go first give me a second to think about it what are you recommending Mr. Fantastic. Remember? Oh, right, right, right. You said that. God damn it. Um,
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's okay if you don't have one.
0: I don't really have a recommendation right now. If I want to go with something that's sort of a little bit relevant and that is a little bit uh, personal to me. So they're making a new Evil Dead movie. It's produced by Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi, and I fully support that. But they are literally changing everything else about it. And they're going to introduce all new characters. They're going to put it in a city setting as opposed to in the woods. And there's, it's a whole new evil dead for a whole new generation. And I hope to God that it's good. I think that without Ash Williams in it, I don't know how you put evil dead on the cover. I I don't know, but they've been pretty firm about the fact that Ash is not going to appear in it and that this is turning the corner for the franchise. And that sounds okay. Mm -hmm. But if you're like me and that gives you a little bit of pause, Go watch the three seasons of Ash versus the Evil Dead that were produced over the last few years. Uh, Rachel and I were huge fans of that show, and a lot of people were like, well, I don't know, you know, the Evil Dead movies were so good and they were, you know, so perfect for what they are that this guy running around with a bunch of sidekicks, it's never going to live up to it. Every single episode is fucking fantastic. I don't know why they didn't just give all the characters from the TV show uh, their own movie. I would watch the shit out of that movie, but maybe the movie they're making is not for me. It's for people who have come after me, and I I totally respect that. But if Mm -hmm. you love The Evil Dead and you're not terribly excited for the new Evil Dead movie that's coming out, there are literal hundreds of hours of other content out there between the comic books, the ash versus the evil dead and all of those evil dead has appeared in the Marvel universe. And they're on the vertical line. Like there've been so many evil dead comic books. I want to recommend if nothing else, people go find more ash because while it ain't the OG movies, The spirit lives on in the comics and in that damn TV show. So go watch Ash versus the Evil Dead. You can find the episodes all over the goddamn place because they haven't, you know, done it in a little while. But that's some old shit that's worth looking into. Sick. If you want some other old shit worth looking into, then you can visit me on my Facebook page <laughs> at Thomas Olten, or you can find me on Instagram at Thomas.olton, Or now you can find this very podcast on Instagram, which is really just an extension of my Instagram at <laughs> Tales to Admonish. And Mr. Romeo, if they want to find
1: you, where the hell did they go? Go to www.ArthurRomeo.Live, where you can find some nice Mr. Fox for reaction. Just kidding. Fuck you. You uh... (laughs) Where are they going to find you, Arthur? www.ArthurRomeo.Live for my website. You can also check out my YouTube channel, Draw Really Awesome Wow. Where I have my tutorials and comedic commentary, as you get to see my drawings unfold. You can also check out the the Instagram uh, page for my drawing really um, awesome wow. It's draw really awesome wow with just underscores, and you can also find me on my personal Instagram at uh, um, at dreamboat eighty um, two. So you can see all of the little funny things that I repost, because that's what the internet's for, baby. <laughs> Darn right
0: and Dreamboat is putting it lightly, you know because uh, <laughs> Arthur is is by all standards conventionally attractive. So go ogle him all over his uh, <laughs> all over his Instagram just fawn and bask in the light that is Arthur Romeo. (laughs) And when you're done feeling good, pop onto your favorite podcast app or go onto YouTube. Please rate and review us. That helps with the visibility of our podcast and helps more people see us and hear us and get to know us. So if you could do that, we greatly appreciate it. And we look forward to seeing you all here next week when we're talking about more geek bullshit and all kinds of stuff. And no more furries on...
1: Tails to his (laughs) body!
0: I I almost want to do another take because I have no idea what the filter's going to do to that. (laughs) Fuck it, we're leaving it. it. (laughs) We're leaving it, we're leaving it. Whatever happens, happens. All right, guys, thanks for stopping by. Bye.